Welcome back to Be Right, presented by William Hill. I'm Stephen Hennessy, joined as always by Christopher Powers. We have an awesome guest coming up in a bit, John Smoltz, MLB Network and Fox analyst, and one of the most avid golfers you'll ever meet or get a chance to talk to. And we, we caught up with John ahead of his appearance in the American Century Championship, which is next week. And man, I hope we could bet on it because John gave us some good insights on who might win. Uh, and there's also a new fantasy game uh, that we could all get involved with. As part of the American Century, they're giving away a prize that includes a trip out to Tahoe to watch the 2022 edition. So listen to our interview coming up in a bit. For those details, CP and I are holding down the fort. Uh, our guy Myers is on his annual buddy's golf trip, so good for him. I, I know he had Jim Nance call in to congratulate the winner of their trip last year, so we'll see what they do this year. And speaking of golf, CP, you and I had a treat of a day yesterday in the golf-rich state of New Jersey. Should we, should we talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Awesome day. Snuck in an extra emergency nine holes after 18, which was nice at, uh, the beautiful spring Lake golf club. Um, probably Steve's 15th tilling has course in the last two weeks. So it's <laughs> yeah. been quite the stretch for, uh, actually for the Steve fourth, fourth, fourth in okay. six days, which is insane. It's been quite the the gauntlet uh, ball to yeah. scroll lower on Tuesday as listeners to this podcast know. And what I didn't know before we went um, to play is I got paired with Gil Hans, who as many knows the architect who uh, redesigned the lower course at ball to scroll. So that was a treat. And thankfully I didn't hit Mr. Hans with any of my errant uh, shots. Um, it was raining that day. It was a little messy, but what a phenomenal. Yeah, did, we, did we talk about, Steve also played the upper course with yes. uh, myself and my dad the week before, and he fire. actually he hit both of us on the same shot with the golf. We ball. haven't it talked was, about that. Yeah, we haven't talked about it. I, I didn't keep it a secret till now, but uh, we were fine. No one hurt, but you I'm know, just try and figure out in your mind how that's even possible. He hit yeah. both my dad and I on the same exact the same shot. shot. It was pretty. Uh, it was pretty funny. <laughs> on the back of the the calf you know it was on the hop yep. you know it, it didn't really hurt i wouldn't imagine well, i recovered you recovered very nicely yesterday strong 85 i think you beat you. me i played pretty I crappy on i wasn't the, gonna bring it up but we did, did uh yeah we did uh we did win the match that was probably the first bet i've won in in multiple weeks so that was nice to uh to get a w on the board win some money yeah that was good um yeah, it's been a great week. And speaking of bets that we didn't win, um, we got to go back to the Travelers just quickly. Um, man, Bubba Watson disappointed both of us. I had him in two one and dones. I, you know, saw myself catapulting up into the top ten of the standings in my one and dones. You bet on him. Even your your mom and your father also bet on oh. Bubba and. Uh, man, he cost the Powers family a lot of money. I think Bubba was on the 10th hole and he had a one-shot lead and she was like spending the money already. They're, they're, we're going to Maine, I think, in, in a, next month or in August. And my mom was like, oh, this money, I'll, I'll use it to buy us our, our first lobster roll when we get to Maine. <laughs> and I'm like, what? he's on the 11th tee. Like she obviously hasn't uh, dealt with what we've dealt with watching yeah. these, All the these golf tournaments quite yet. You know, it's not over until the final putt is hold and you know Bubba ends up finishing like six back so it was even even worse but yeah my recent stretch has been brutal you know it 
very well. I was just going over. We both had Scheffler at the match play. Obviously, he finished runner up to Horschel. Wow, we're going back to the match play for your last. I'm just (laughs) going back to Quill Hollow. We both had answer, right? You had answer that week too, runner up. Uh, I had Brooks and Ustazen at the PGA. They tied for second to Phil. And then I had Bubba and Jason Day at the Travelers, Mm. who were in the final group on Saturday. So I was feeling pretty good. But as I have just explained, uh, it's not over until the final final putt uh, is hold. So I'm I'm pretty discouraged. I can't lie, but uh, I I don't know. I'm close. I, I must be getting close with all these runner ups. So I'm I'm gonna keep keep doing what we're doing, and hopefully uh, I saw a bunch of Harris English tickets this yeah. week. So good. Uh, congrats to all those people. That was nice because he did play well at Tory and kind of slipped through the cracks uh, on this podcast. Yeah. And, you know, he was in the final group, obviously, at Congaree and had such a disappointing um, back nine that, you know, it it was impressive to see him close in impressive fashion. Um, Yeah, I know our guy, Jeff Feinberg, had Harris English, a couple other guys, I think Dave Tyndall, um, among others. So, you know, happy for everybody um, who hit. I'm a little disappointed. Uh, I wasn't on my guy Harris English. That's two wins for him this year, and I wasn't on either of them after yep. betting betting on him so much. And um, all si- both times, year. all signs pointed to him, and we yeah we, we missed it both times. So that's that's awful. Yeah, that's uh, that's golf gambling though. So mm-hmm. um, you know, we we go on to this week. I, I told you wait for Matthew Wolf until this week, and. Um, yeah, um, I gotta, I gotta own up to that one. Yeah, that that was pretty, pretty <laughs> bad. Uh, Scotty Scheffler wasn't the worst bet um, last mm-hmm. week, and that was our Instagram uh, pick of the week. I, I thankfully stayed away from that. I, you know, I just didn't see it coming. But uh, anyway, we'll we'll get into our picks uh, at the Rocket Mortgage in a second. We're gonna kick it now to our awesome chat with John Smoltz, uh, MLB legend uh who is really uh great with his time um so have a have a listen to our chat with john smoltz it is a thrill now to welcome john smoltz who really needs no introduction but i'll give a quick one first ballot hall of fame pitcher cy young winner world series champion also a huge golfer and john is competing in the upcoming american century championship which will be july 9th 10th and 11th and he's part of an incredible field there tony romo steph curry Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, his form, former former uh, pitchers, teammates, uh, Tom Glavin, uh, Greg Maddox too. Um, but very few of those guys have the type of pro experiences as John does. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. Talk about a new fantasy game that American Century has with some prizes on the line. But first, John, welcome to the Golf Digest podcast. And you know, with the ACC coming up, how's the game feeling? Well, uh, I've said it every year. It's one of the most exciting uh, events that we have on our calendar. So um, this year, uh, the game has not been where I want it to be, but there's been years past where the game's right where I want it to be, and I still haven't had the outcome I want, uh, and that is trying to win it. So, um, you know, I'm learning, but the schedule I have is an interesting one, of course, with baseball and broadcasting. Uh, just did a red eye yesterday from uh, LA doing the Cubs Dodgers. So it's, it's definitely ha- comes with its challenges, but this year for the first time, uh, the tournament is before the all-star game that I'm doing mm. with Joe Buck. So uh, that's a little bit different. I can get there on Monday 
which normally the All-Star Games on Tuesday, I can't get to Tahoe to oh, Lake that's right. That should be better, and hopefully that's a better recipe for me. And you're also competing in a bunch of uh, PGA Tour Champions events this season. Uh, I think you've competed in five already. So what's that experience like? I know you said your game isn't quite where, you know, you'd like it to be, but what's that been like competing against guys? I mean, you know, you're going against folks who, when you were, you know, at the top of your game pitching, they were at the top of their game in golf, and now you're going toe-to-toe with them. What's that experience been like? Well, you know, it's, it's definitely uh, an opportunity to learn about your golf game. But the biggest thing that, uh, again, I find myself in when I'm in those tournaments is the pace and the time that you have to prepare for a shot is something I'm still working on because everything I've done in life, including my previous sport, you know, I got to dictate the tempo and I was right on what, you know, you get the ball, you go, you, you, are not waiting for anybody. Um, I, my casual golf, you know, I play a little too fast. So I, I would say that this year was more frustrating mentally for me than anything else. And that's where I struggled when I got into the tournament. You know, if there's a competition on the driving range, I can compete with anybody. But it's really trying to put between the lines, you know, mental toughness from shot to shot and learning to turn it on and turn it off in that time in between. And I still haven't I still haven't mastered that at all. And these guys that they're the best at it. They don't they don't let anything bother them. You know, whether it's a five and a half hour round or it's whatever they have to execute, they execute that shot at the moment. And that's what uh, that's what I learned from this last tournament, because. From the fairway, I think I was 13 over par, and that's just an inexcusable. I mean, that's just part of the game that I'm trying to to learn to be a little bit more patient with myself and to be more dedicated to the shot. Your, your old job, you'd work every five days. Assume play a bunch of golf in between. Now you're working. You said you got the Yankee game tonight, All Star game coming up. You're working all the time. You're in studio or you're calling the game. Did you golf more when you played baseball, or do you do you golf more now? Oh yeah, I golfed more when I played baseball. Yeah, that, that was that was the dream, man. I I, I loved my life. I loved my job. Uh, once every five days, I knew I was going to pitch. And the four days in between, I could play golf and get away from the game. And you know, pitchers, when you do it well, it's the greatest job in the world. When you don't, you got to wait too long to kind of go back out and make up for your performance. But it was it was fun, uh, fun playing in those days with our manager, Bobby Cox, and, of course, Tommy and, and Greg and, and, and the likes. Everybody pit that was a pitcher played. So we had a standing foursome when one guy pitched, and it was, it was a lot of fun. So now it's a little bit more touch and go. I, I play in gaps. Um, because my schedule is so crazy, it's, um, I don't practice enough. And I certainly, when I get a chance to play, I play. And I, and I, like I said, I play a little too fast for the liking of those kind of tournaments. There, there's some legendary stories of when you're pitching and some of the, uh, the golf you would line up. I know you did Cypress and Spyglass, uh, in a 36 day and then played Pebble in the morning before you went uh, yeah. you know, for a night game in San Francisco, are there some more of those epic, you know, 36 hole jaunts that come to mind in terms of, you know, being some great golf that you guys lined up? Yeah, there are. Uh, we went to Long Island and played Shinnecock and National and, and on an off day and just some memorable trips. Our off days were so looked forward to mm. because that's where you could really make a out of town trip or, or set something up that you uniquely couldn't do during the day of the game. But our system was set up by me trying to, I set everything up. I had a, I had a 
back then, you know, there really wasn't computers and there really wasn't technology. So I had this notebook and a briefcase that was like gold to me. And it had all the contacts, it had all the members, all the pros. And I get all the rent a cars set it up. We play first thing in the morning. And it was, it was truly, uh, you know, one of the best times of our lives because, you know, people forget you're spending that time with your teammates, even though it's away from the field, you get a chance to talk about whatever it is that you're struggling with, whether it's with a hitter or whether you're mechanics. Mm -hmm. And we just had the personalities that allowed us to go and do that kind of thing without it being too, you know, we were competitive, but not to the mm -hmm. point where it was going to drive us away from our, our, our friendship. So right. uh, yeah, those trips were, were, we played somewhere in the neighborhood of top 75 golf courses in the country just through golf in the cities we played in, at, at, in over the course of like 21 years. Wow. What was your maybe favorite uh, like city to visit where, you know, you had some great golf you could line up? Was it the New York area? Because you guys obviously would do that a couple of times a year. Um, what was your favorite? Yeah, you know, what's amazing about New York is I, I, I never realized until about seven years into my career, I never left my hotel because of the, I don't know, just the aura of the big city being so intimidating. Okay. And so then once I've realized how many golf courses were in this area, oh my, did I waste seven years. It was not the easiest navigation of getting in and out of the city. That was the hardest part. But once, once I made those connections, you know, the West Coast, you're basically guaranteed golf because it rarely rained. And we were in the West forever, which is hard to believe that Atlanta Braves were in the West right. Division for the longest time. But once we got into the East and we faced, you know, the Mets uh, 19 times or however many times we faced them, it was it was must, must golf uh, opportunity once we got to the city. So, yeah, I'd say New York is one of those hidden gems that I didn't know anything about. I literally didn't. It was more of the I caught up into the, uh, the stigma of some of the things that had nothing to do with how unbelievable and championship style golf courses there are here yeah. and don't forget new jersey too or uh, that's what i'm saying like <laughs> it, it, they're, to me they're one and the same like yeah. right. where the network is in jersey once i realized where it was i went oh man there's that there's seven golf courses within a spot of <clears throat> 45 minutes to an hour mm -hmm. that i get a chance to play and it is i'm telling you it makes my job up here a lot more doable because I'm gone a lot. Like I'm on a six week road trip right now. And it's only because of post COVID and a lot of things in those golf tournaments you mentioned that I'm playing in mm -hmm. that have put me in this kind of navigation of uh, uh, tough stretches. So you're going to be competing a bunch, like you just said. Um, I'm wondering you former athletes that play golf, you talk about how golf kind of um, reminds you of, of playing and it gets you back in that like type of high leverage situation. Is there something that's happened to you in golf that's comparable that that's been on the same level as, you know, eighth inning in Shea stadium or Yankee stadium. Is there, have you gotten to that point uh, on the golf course? Yeah, I have in several ways. Um, <clears throat> first of all, I learned my most by some of the most humiliating moments, some of the worst scores, like, some of my worst games in baseball led me to become the kind of pitcher that I was. Uh, fortunately for me, I've only had a chance to win a few tournaments, but those tournaments that I were leading, the feeling I had going into the final day was the same. And I was able to kind of close it out, if you will, and go to my closers role. But I haven't been in enough tournaments in that situation to be satisfied. And 
um, you know, I'll make no bones about it. I'm not going to be complete until I win, win Tahoe. That is something that has been bugging me for a long time. And it doesn't, you know, the greens don't necessarily match up with me, but I'm going to figure out a way because time is running out 54, but there is some parallels there. Um, the one thing that's different and the major thing that's different is that when I played baseball and I executed a good pitch, the difference is I had some help and the, the results didn't always match the good pitch. Um, in golf, some of the same things can happen. You can execute a good shot, get a bad break or wind or, uh, you know, I have to learn to kind of flush those out and let them go. When one bad swing comes into the play, it, it bothers me longer than I should. And that's the difference. Baseball didn't. I, I could get back on the mound and make a pitch and not be not have too much carryover effect from one, one pitch or one shot to the other. Yeah, you mentioned the the difference in the amount of time, like when you play casually to what it is competitively. Um, you know, is that something maybe in the next couple of months when you're back just playing with buddies, you know, you'll tell them like, hey, you know, I'm going to take an extra minute here just because I have to get used to that mindset. Um, is that something you've started to think about in terms of adjusting your competitiveness or is it more, you know, you like to enjoy your rounds with your buddies too? Yeah, I hope so. Uh, we play really fast because we play a lot of golf in one day. <laughs> you know, we'll play 36 holes in almost the time it takes someone to play 18 holes. Sure. So um, what I am going to do though, this, after this year, finishing this year of both with Fox and MLB network, I am going to take a long look at it. My contracts are up. I want to structure it in a way for golf to put some time into practice and get prepared. I want to see where I can take my golf game in the very little time I have left from a competitive aspect, because this last two years have been very difficult for that. Not everybody, although I've played more golf than I ever have in my life uh, during COVID, because that's all we could do. Right. Um, and I, and I, and I miss some good opportunities as I look back to really refining my game and practicing. All I did was play and I want to be able to see, you know, I'm going to go to Q school after this, uh, in November and continue to try to build my game for this level of, uh, opportunities that I've been given physically. I got some challenges like everybody else, um, because of baseball, I've been given some, uh, some good challenges and I'm learning how to swing and play around those. So um, you said you want to win Tahoe. Is there any other goals you have in mind? Yeah, you know, I qualified for the, the champion, the U.S. Senior Open. Uh, I'd love to do that again. I'd love to qualify for things. Uh, I know I've been given an opportunity and sponsor exemptions, and I've relished every moment of it. It's been unbelievable. But I've gone away and left very disappointed in myself. Like, I, I, I kind of won't go back to my early years of baseball. I've, I've been too hard on myself uh, trying to – do things that, you know, are kind of rookie mistakes. And I'd like to, to be able to, uh, to train a little bit more for this sport. I haven't been doing that because of my schedule and uh, it's showing like walking a golf course is no longer fun. <laughs> it's like, it used to be fun. And now it's a challenge because I got to get some things worked out. So, um, you know, I am, I'm blessed to have had the opportunity to play in these sponsor exemptions and the tour has been phenomenal. I got a lot of friends on that tour and, and, and I understand my role on when I come to those places and what I'm kind of the attention I'm bringing to the, the greatest tour and the greatest, you know, over 50 year old guys. Right. I, I just want to, I want to be able to, to, to play better. And that's, that's kind of, um, that's kind of my goal.
Yes. Well, you got American Century coming up and want to talk about this cool fantasy golf contest. They got uh, accfantasygolf.com is the website. It goes live uh, today, actually. So, you know, folks could log on there. They're going to pick a team of five celebrity players and you have a chance to win airfare, hotel and tickets to next year's tournament, which is pretty exciting i mean lake tahoe i've never been i, I see the the sights on tv and it just looks oh. like heaven you know everyone in the boat and you guys competing um some characters and it seems like fun stuff always goes on you know guys throwing the football around and stuff like that um so john if you were to help us kind of build a fantasy team here um you know who are your kind of biggest competitors guys who uh, you know, you've heard are really work on working on their game or, you know, maybe you're just, you know, really big sandbaggers and they're going to uh, come in hot this year. Um, and yeah, well, you got your eyes on. First of all, that first list of, of players is is unbelievable. And that just shows you how far the celebrities have come. I mean, that first list, there's a list of about 10 people who can win it, but there's probably a heavy, heavy favorites of, you know, Marty Fish, yeah. Tony Romo. And Mark Mulder, I like to think myself in that same category. You know, typically always finish in the top 10, the top five. Last year, finished third, just couldn't make a, a birdie. Um, so there, that first list, if you, can, if you can crack that first list, you got a really good chance of getting the rest of the list. I'm going to give you a sleeper that is absolutely on fire lately, and that's my former catcher, Brian McCann. Okay. Watch out for Brian McCann. He is, since he's been retired, has been locked in to golf and is, is absolutely killing it. My partner in the booth, another sleeper, Joe Buck. Uh, mm. Last year was his first tournament. And uh, this year he's primed and ready, I can tell you. So in that grouping, I would say that, uh, you know, Joe Buck is, is I, I'd put him ahead of, of that whole grouping. Um, Roger Clemens has been playing it for a long time. I think, you know, that's a familiar name, but when you fill out that last group, that's where you're going to, that's where your money's going to be made. If you can win, if you can pick somebody in that last group to come out of that field, because they put them in fields of very competitive, then, then you got a great chance of, uh, of working that. I, I, you know what, that last group could be anywhere from Larry, the cable guy to Sean Payton to, uh, you know, I know, you know, everyone focuses on Charles Barkley, and I love Charles Barkley. He's more ready this year, I think, to 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 not finish last. Um, so it's it's a fun event that uh, American Century has put on. Yeah, like you said, the field is amazing. So people have to definitely go enter the contest. You mentioned your your partner, Joe Buck. What, what's his uh, what's his golf game like, and, and what's he been working on? What should we keep an eye on for with him? Yeah, so so he he had the prototypical. See, I, I'll go the typically I'll go the other way. I'll think more negatively of my game at times when my game to other people is a lot better than I should be thinking negatively. And that's kind of where Joe has been. And Joe's game's really good. Like I've been playing golf with him lately and, and knowing this year he's, he's made some changes. He's ready for Tahoe. We're going to be, of course, after Tahoe, you know, racing to Colorado to call the all-star game uh, two days later. So, so I'm, I'm, I think I have more confidence in Joe's game than he currently does, but last year's experience should help because anytime you, you kind of break the ice and play in Tahoe, everyone, even though there weren't fans last year, that pressure is so incredible on guys who and gals who, who don't play for the first time or don't know. And this year with fans, thankfully back, it is a great venue uh, that will bring out 
sometimes the worst of, uh, of, of us competitors and slash actors and actresses because it's out of your element. And when you're out of your element, man, that is something that until you do, do it, you have no idea what that feels like. Right. Yeah. I know you've mentioned like you never really got nervous in baseball, but you know, the nerves are definitely there uh, in golf. Is it a matter of, you know, the cameras being like right behind you when you're, when you're lining up to a shot, what, what is it really that, you know, brings those nerves at the American century? Um, you mentioned competing in something different than your, your expertise, but, you know, kind of describe that those nerves. I think the biggest thing for most people is they don't want to feel like they're going to get exposed, right? Because you, in a golf course, there is no way you can play three days without getting an uncomfortable shot, uncomfortable lie, or getting exposed. And you know, at least for me, I would never think about shots when I'm playing with my friends that I do knowing it's A, going to be on TV, B, a ton of people are watching it, and you're playing within your peer group. So um, the other thing is, is everybody knows that their game's not quite as good as the next person that they you know, you want to climb that ladder, that leaderboard. And, and, and that's what I probably focus on a little too much is I want to climb that leaderboard. I want to win the, win my group. And then I want to be able to be obviously in the top five or last two groups going into the last day with a chance. So I think it's more to do with the people and just the element of your, your, you would never think the way you're thinking in a casual group because you casually are comfortable. Now you're outside your comfort zone. Right. We got to do a, a little baseball before you go. You're headed to the All-Star game next week, you said. A guy named Fernando Tatis will be there. I saw an incredible video on MLB Network. It was you pitching to Tatis. It was edited somehow. <laughs> if people haven't seen it, they have to go watch it. It's incredible. When you were watching that, do you think, man, I, I would, the competitor in you, I would love to face that guy, you know, in my prime? Or are you saying, hell no, I, I'd rather be uh, retired still? No, I love facing guys that would have been the players today. Now, I would here's what I tell people all the time. I would have got more strikeouts than I did before, but I would go up more home runs because the style of the game is to condition for these young, dynamic players. They're definitely going to leave the yard, and they're strong. Um, we didn't have enough time. We, don't, we normally do that video where I have success and then where I would have failure, but we didn't have time to do the failure one because we always I, – I, with humility comes that uh, opportunity to know you're going to give up a home run. And I would have, um, but the challenge would have been awesome because what the technology allows us to do, which is pretty cool at the MLB network is show the pitches that I physically threw and then show what he's capable of doing, you know, as he's in the box facing um, some of the greatest today. And I would have to pitch him differently. You know, I never feared a right-handed hitter. That didn't mean a right-handed hitter didn't have success off me, but I never feared a right-handed hitter. It was the left-handed hitters. I'll take that back. I feared Albert Pujols in the day when he was in when he was in St. Louis. I just didn't want him to know it at the time. Um, the left-handers typically had their way with me early in my career. So I like it as a puzzle and a challenge. And if I could go back and we could do that, let's say, with a Mike Trout. There's no doubt Mike Trout's going to have success against me. And the numbers show that players in my career, you know, Tony Gwynn owned me. Uh, Sean Green owned me. Um, you're going to have that based on matchups and today's style of pitching though. And today's style of hitting is totally different. So you have to adapt to how you would do it today versus how you did it back then. And, and I would have to change a lot of things. Oh, you're doing the Yankees tonight. You said, how worried should, should Steve and I be about our New York Yankees? Yeah, right we're big. Yeah, it's getting, yeah. it's, you know, it's getting about that time where they, they, you know, I always call these next seven days the most dangerous days in baseball because it's leading up to the all-star break. 
And, you know, guys are trying to get to the all-star break and you want to finish as strong as you can. Um, this all-star break or this kind of situation of where they're sitting will determine a lot organizationally whether they can go and get somebody or not. I still don't, I'm not worried as much to the Yankees as, as most people are. I know their pitching hasn't been what it is, and but it's to me, if their hitting doesn't get a little bit more hot, I mean, they got to get some guys in that lineup going again, because that's what makes the Yankees intimidating. When you come in the Yankee stadium and you face those guys, you know, you're going to give up three runs on a bare minimum. And it's the time that they start running into a six and seven and eight run games, because they can cover some of their mistakes until those guys get healthy. That's what I think is most frustrating right now. Um, you know, I think there's almost last in run scores, which you, you would in American league, you would never say of the Yankees. Crazy. And I think that's going to change. Sanchez is heating up. Um, they got to get the ball off the ground a little bit because they're too many ground ball double plays. But I say that all with the, with the idea that I still don't believe the East is, I mean, Kudos to Boston. They're doing an incredible job. I just don't know if that can keep up. Now, that would be my mindset. But you can't be eight, nine, ten games back when you get to the break. So these next seven days are important. Good call. Uh, and man, we could talk baseball with you forever, John. But we want to we want to let you go. Got to ask one more question for you though. You've played some amazing golf courses, as you touched on earlier. What's what's the John Smoltz top five bucket list? Or yeah, that, well, choose that, two parts. So your top five personal golf course you've played and then a couple bucket list courses that you haven't played. Yeah, that that's always tough. I get that question. I've played so many golf courses. I have such a different criteria when it comes to um, golf courses. I, I I'm a little bit spoiled. I like it in, in great shape all the time. Um, Oakmont's in my top five. I don't know exactly where it is, but it's in my top five. Uh, I've played Augusta. It, it, it creeps in the top five. I played it the probably the most. Um, and then it gets a little bit tough to pick after that. You know, I, I, I think courses, um, courses like Wingfoot, courses like Pine Valley, Marion, um, you know, Baltusrol, I'm getting ready to play them yeah. tomorrow. It's uh, brand new and fixed Amazing. up. I can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait to see that. I, I could have a top five in the Jersey, New York area <laughs> that would be rival anybody else anywhere in the country. But the, the, the thing that, that I love about golf is it's unique to everybody. And some of the courses you may like, they may go, that's crazy. I don't even, I don't even, that's not even on my radar, but um, Oakmont's such a classic course that um, it's the one that keeps popping in my head. You know, um, there's things that about it, about it, the challenge of that course, Butler National in Chicago, mm, talk about Chicago tough. and yeah. New York. Chicago and New York would be a, would be hard for me and Philly and Philly. Those great. three would be hard for me to come up. There's, there's courses in Chicago, Chicago golf club. Yes. There's so many classic courses. I guess I favor somewhat of the Midwest and, and the Northern courses, but um, yeah, it's lucky to have in my backyard, Augusta, you know, where I live in Atlanta and um, uh, the, the most memorable round I've ever played in my life to this point is with Tiger Woods right. a few weeks before Augusta uh, on a Sunday with Sunday pins. And I'll tell my grandchildren, I played on Sunday at a, at a Masters with Tiger Woods right. and they're going to look it up and they're not going to find it, but I won't be telling them a lie. <laughs> so that's most memorable bucket list. I, I had a trip this past year, so bummed out, Glavin, Maddox, myself and Greg Olson were going over to Scotland. I never played over there. Um, I, I, and COVID of course took that away. We're going to plan it down the road. So overseas playing, playing in, 
and Scotland's my bucket list. I, I, I've heard incredible things. Um, and I can't wait to, to do that. Excellent. Well, you'll be able to do that now. Thankfully, uh, travel restrictions are opening up and Baltusrol, you're going to really enjoy it. Christopher gets to play it a decent amount. I got to play the lower, uh, Last week with Gil Hans, I walked with Gil Hans. So anyway, you're oh, very nice. You're gonna you're gonna enjoy that. And John, th- thanks so much for taking the time. Best of luck at the American Century uh, in a couple weeks here. And yeah, we'll we'll be watching uh, all your baseball coverage and your and your golf uh, tournaments too. So thanks so much, John. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks again to John Smoltz for joining us. A, a great conversation. We could have chatted with him uh, for another half hour and and if we only knew he was in jersey yesterday and we had a spot open in, in our force and we, we would have loved to have smolty um join us but uh man a story about you know him carrying that suitcase with him uh with all the contacts at every top club in america that's just legendary stuff so again make sure you enter that fantasy contest uh for the american century it's accfantasygolf.com to enter uh, the site is live now, so you can lock in your picks. And like I said, the winner is going to get um, a trip to Lake Tahoe for next year, plus $10,000 to the charity of your choice. So uh, great stuff that the American Century Championship is doing. And before we get into our picks, just a sh- another shout out to William Hill uh, for their continued support of the podcast and all the gambling content at golfdigest.com. Make sure to go check out uh, williamhill.com for their odds boost for this week and uh, for a nice uh, promo boost. I think the promo is Golf Digest RF still for new users. So uh, that's up to $500 uh, in free bets if you're in an eligible William Hill state. So again, Golf Digest RF is the promo code and check out williamhill.com for more. With that, let's get into our picks for Uh, This week at Detroit Golf Club, the Rocket Mortgage Classic, a.k.a. the Bryson DeChambeau uh, Winner's Tour. Um, I I think we're both probably going to keep this light this week, CP, Uh, you know, because Bryson is is 7-1. He dominated last year. But we do need to mention that uh, Matt Wolf was such a dagger uh, to myself. Myers, I think you were on him too, right, last year? Matt Wolf. Oh yeah, you're right. I, I got, I did it. Uh, you hopped on Saturday. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like 50 to one and uh, yeah, that would have been really spent, but I, I forget what he was prior to the 125 to one is yes, one higher than I right. had him 10 bucks and would have been, you know, friggin' great. And he started off poorly. I think he like went into lane. He started laying up. I no, no, I remember. Yeah. He hit it into the trees on the first or second Mm -hmm. hole and he was just never in it from there. Um, but interesting, you know, the narrative is that Wolf and Bryson always play well at the same courses. Um, obviously they had the, the, the duel at the three M open when Wolf got his first win, the U S open, uh, and here. So, um, let's just get into our picks. CP, just quickly, I'll, I'll give a little bit on the course, Detroit Golf Club. It's the third year that it's hosting uh, this tournament, Donald Ross course in Michigan. Very tree-lined um, with a bunch of dog legs. So, um, you know, what we saw last year was guys like Bryson are just going to hit it over these dog legs and, you know, give themselves a good angle into these greens. They're, you know, typical Donald Ross undulated greens from back to front. Um 
with some tricky pin positions. There's some four inch bluegrass rough. So, you know, you can bomb it out there, but you know, you are going to find some rough, uh, if you're not in these fairways. So, um, I think stroke skiing off the tee, always a good idea at this type of course and stroke skiing approach to, um, you know, like every week. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. CP. I took, I took Bryson, um, I parlayed him. I did a little double with Rory McIlroy. I think that's going to be the square bet of the week in the industry because Rory is, I think, four and a half to one over at the Irish Open. And, you know, he's been playing well. So that's my way of getting him and Bryson uh, onto my card. I think it was 47 to one when you combine that as a double. So I think that's the way to handle a Bryson ticket this week. Of course, you know, those bets never hit. So, um, you have any interest in taking Bryson at seven to one? I know that's a stupid question. Cause you never take these favorites. Now, this is the one week I would, I would say absolutely. Um, and I'm in a tough spot where I'm looking, searching for that easy win right now, which is a terrible spot to be. And I, and I, you know, no golf win is easy, but this does feel pretty easy to me. And I'll just go back to something he said on it was either Sunday after his round or Saturday. He pretty much said he's close to like winning by, he didn't say this exactly, but winning by like 10 shots. He's like one of these weeks, I'm just going to run away with one. And this is the perfect course to do that. He did it here last year. Um, bomb and gouge fest. I could easily see him, see him being 25 under again. And, um, unless he gets, you know, out putted by somebody, I, I don't see how he doesn't win. So like you, I'm probably, I haven't done it yet. You know, I've been trying to jack up the odds. I, I did the Bucks money line and Bryson and maybe a you know Stanley Cup game Wednesday night. That stuff never hits, like you said. So it's probably stupid. I'll just bet Bryson straight up. But uh, I'm definitely going to be doing that. I will sprinkle on a couple other guys. We'll get to in a second. But man, I think a lot of these gambling podcasts are going to be pretty short this week because it, it's a Bryson DeChambeau week, 100. percent yeah. Don't overthink it. And we could cut this show right now. Um, but you know, it's, it's not fun not to sprinkle on the, some of these other guys, especially down the board a bit. Um, so we'll get into this next tier. You got Patrick Reed at 14 to one at William Hill, Hideki Matsuyama, 18 to one Webb Simpson, 18 to one, uh, Joaquin Neiman, 22 to one Wills Alatoris, 25, Jason Kokrak, 28, Sung JM 33, Jason Day 33, Hoffman, uh, Charlie Hoffman 33 to 1, Kevin Kisner 33 to 1. He had a third place here last time, and our guy Matt Wolf at 33 to 1. Um, I'll let you kick off this range, CP. Are you are you just going way down the boards if you're gonna take Bryson or anyone else here? Got your got your eye. I'll I'll probably keep it to three guys and one will be Bryson and I will go back to Wolf just because I will not be able to live with myself. if You know, I declared he's going to win last week and, and uh, he's still pretty similar odds, which I guess the missed cut kind of helped us out. I figured he'd be Mm -hmm. down 25. Missed the cut uh, was good for us. I'll go right back to him at 30 to one, obviously runner up here last year. I like the Bryson. Wolf connection you talked about. I could see them in the final group again for sure. And then it's just going to be who makes some putts. He was putting well until last week. I think uh, I kind of underestimated that he, the peak die factor. Wolf doesn't seem like a guy who's going to shot make his way around the course with that swing and the way he hits it. So I guess looking back, that was pretty dumb, but uh, I won't miss the Wolf party this week. 
And then just the other guy I'm liking at 35 is Sung J.M., who's had a quietly or 33 at Willing to Hill. Sorry. Um, quietly solid year. Not hasn't had that explosive week. Um, no win, obviously, yet. But uh, finished 21st here two years ago. 2.3 at the U.S. Open. Um, I don't know. seems like a good number for uh, our guy Sung J.M. this week. Yeah, I don't hate it. It's a, definitely a good number compared to what we've seen in, you know, in a weaker field. I mean, there's eight guys in the top 30, but uh, I could see Sungjae. I'm interested in someone at, what's he at here? 25 to one at William Hill. Uh, Joaquin Neiman. Um, this feels like a really good course for the new Joaquin Neiman who just bombs it out there. Uh, he's like in the top 10 easily in driving distance now, which, you know, was not always his, uh, Forte and he's really impressively added distance. Uh, you look at his strokes gain off the tee numbers in his last six events, he's gained in five of them, um, and was just a slight loser last week at the travelers. Um, has also gained strokes on approach in every event, uh, since May, actually even going back to, uh, to February. So, uh, I think that's going to be key this week, bombing it out there. And, you know, Neiman has, kind of been knocking on the door it feels like for another win in 2021 so um like like we both said it's going to be a short card i think um and wolf you know has already gotten my money i I think it's foolish not to bet him um strokes gain off the tee wise i mean he gained six strokes at the u.s open if he repeats that here he's gonna have a great shot to win um that might be an obvious statement of the week but um you know, same thing with Neiman. Uh, he's gaining a bunch of strokes off the tee, bunch of strokes on approach, um, and he's only lost strokes putting once since February. So, I, I think this is a great spot for Neiman. Um, so, those are probably going to be my my three bets of the week. It's going to be it's going to be Bryson with Rory, uh, and then Neiman and Wolf. Um, so, my money is already down on all three of those. Maybe you could talk me into someone else. CP I'll probably um, I'll probably add doc just because yeah we've been kind of hammering away at him 55 is still okay and he obviously played well here two years ago when when Lashley won this might be it I think I might be done with him after this because he's really uh I mean by the time he we eventually win on him it'll probably be what, what we've spent on him to win so I'll go one more week on doc maybe and then the only other guy I'm, I'm seeing at 85 to one if it's going to be a driver uh wedge fest um phil mickelson at 85 to one i don't know that seems kind of interesting uh he's plays this new bomb and gouge style he's kind of embracing that um he obviously can win the pga more still we just saw uh of course he could you know violently miss the cut too but 85 to one some the names ahead of him i mean this guy has 45 pga tour wins and some of the names ahead of him have never even sniffed a win so um the win equity is obviously there and yeah, if he uh, if he plays the Bryson style, bombs it, and uh, you know sets himself up with wedges, there's not really a better wedge player in the world. So um, we'll see. We'll see if I add Phil uh, at the end. But other than that, yeah, it's going to be a short week. Um, just going to try and get the easy win on Bryson. Yeah, light card for sure. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Phil's even playing this event. I don't know. It's <laughs> surprising to me because like you know, you would think his attention's on the open in a couple weeks and maybe he would take a week off before he, you know, flies over there. I don't know if he's playing in the Scottish. He usually does. Um, right. 
So yeah, I don't know. Rocket Mortgage, Rocket Mortgage must have something on Phil. I don't know. I was stunned to see his name yeah. on the board at all. I mean, we know KPMG sponsors him, Workday sponsors him. I don't think Rocket Mortgage does, but <laughs> you know, who knows? Maybe Phil's trying to work another deal. Good for him. Um, my the only other guy I I saw, I just saw his name and I, I'm definitely gonna bet. Um probably, you know, I'll bet outright, but top 20 for sure is Cameron Davis, uh, the Aussie, the yep. big hitting Aussie. Um, love him here. There's four par fives. Uh, and you know, any course that emphasizes strokes gain off the tee is a Cam Davis week. Um, so I'm going, I'm going there. I'm with you on Redmond. I think, I think him, Harold Varna, the third and Cam Davis, I'll bet all of them first round leader also. Um, so now this is getting more of an expensive card than I'd like, but yeah, maybe Austin Eck wrote, I know our guy, Andy Lack's been pumping him up. Yeah. Next 150 top 40. I believe he just missed out on a top 40 last week. So I don't know. Andy's got all these stories from somebody of his that plays at Oak tree national where Matthew Wolf and Eckrode are members. And apparently Eckrode, uh, people think he's the best player, best member at that course. And Matthew Wolf's a member there. So, um, yeah, plus 150 top 40 uh, that, that maybe, maybe we'll do one more on Austin Eckrode. Yeah, I, I could be talked into that. I like that. Um, well, that's probably it. We'll go over some quick DFS plays from our guy, Rick Gaiman, uh, from our DFS article at golfdigest.com. If you haven't checked that out yet. And, you know, I think it's interesting to think through because if you're going to play Bryson, he's 11,400 on DraftKings, 12,200 on FanDuel. Um, you're going to need to go down into the 6,000s uh, on DraftKings to find some value. So, couple guys that he likes your boy cp patrick rogers is 6900 on DraftKings. i mean when's he gonna get uh the respects i mean can't even get bumped up into the seven thousands in this field coming off a when he backs up when he backs up a first round with a a good second round maybe he'll get some respect he had an okay second round didn't he he didn't like completely fall off the table at the u.s open he was like he was yeah well travelers did the same thing i think he shot yeah four under and then like one over i think he ended up making the cut but i don't know he just can't uh he can't keep moving forward every day it's unfortunate yeah but we, we know he's a good driver and a good putter yep. so that should play well here and made the cut last year so he's 6900 uh rick likes adam shank at 6500 on DraftKings. again another guy who you know hits the driver very well um has made the cut uh in the last two editions of this so at 6500 um, you know, that that's pretty strong value. And he's also made uh, six of his last eight cuts. So really like his Adam Shank call there. He's on Cam Davis. Uh, so kudos to Rick for that. And Hank Lebiota um, is another interesting name. 7,200 on DraftKings. Popped on Sunday, right? Yeah. Finished T5 at the Travelers. Had that hot Sunday. So um, yeah. And he's had, I think, uh, three top 20s in his last uh, five starts. So Lebiota, you know, has been consistent, seems to be like a reliable choice in that low 7,000 range. So, you know, good way to, um, you know, build a lineup around Bryson is looking at some of those names. So check out Rick's article on golfdigest.com for all of his picks. Um, check the expert picks column at golfdigest.com for, uh, you know, for all of our experts picks, Pat Mayo of Mayo Media Network. He had some exciting news 
today that he is bringing on the fantasy, fantasy golf degenerates podcast with our guy, uh, Tambo, Tyler Tambeline and, uh, Kenny, Kenny Kim, they have a great podcast and, uh, he's going to, they're going to be part of Mayo's team. So that's, that's exciting news. So Pat's part of our expert picks, Colin, Brandon Gadula of FanDuel and number fire, uh, fan share sports, Lee Aldrich and an anonymous caddy, uh, as usual, given their picks. So, um, make sure to check that out. Rocket mortgage week, pure electricity, short and sweet. Yeah, that's it. I, I hope everyone enjoyed the John Smoltz interview. That was a blast. Uh, enter that fantasy contest again. Thanks to William Hill for sponsoring. Uh, thanks to Greg Gottfried, our producer. As always, check back uh, next week for our um, for our John Deere episode. That should be mm. another riveting episode. Um, <laughs> Spieth week. Yeah. Is he even going to play? Hopefully we'll get Spieth. He, he mm-hmm. should play. Uh, Zach Johnson, I'm sure, will be in the field. Maybe you know? Stricker. I don't know. Stricker will... <laughs> If we could be so lucky to get Jerry (laughs) Kelly and Steve Stricker. Uh, But yeah, thanks for listening. Go subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Follow Be Right and check back next week. Uh, Hopefully we're celebrating uh, another win. Thanks for listening.